Welcome to the Victory Alabang Podcast. You're listening to a message from our preaching series entitled On a Journey. Together, we'll look into the life of Jesus, the perfect example of discipleship. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Good afternoon, everybody. I want to thank Pastor Ariel for giving me the privilege to preach uh, this afternoon as Pastor Ariel preached in our church in Las Piñas this morning. So as Pastor Bodhi has said, we are on the third and final installment of our discipleship uh, series entitled On a Journey. How many of us here are enjoying this, uh, the, the series so far? Yes? Yeah. So here in Victory, we say the reason why we get up and show up Sunday in and Sunday out, year in and year out, is for two reasons and two reasons only. That is to honor God and make disciples. And we say a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, a disciple is someone who fishes for men, and a disciple is someone who fellowship with others. How many disciples do we have here this afternoon? Just raise your hands. There you go. There you go. And we are the disciples, not of victory, not of Pastor Ariel or Pastor C, but we are primarily disciples of Jesus. And so a quick review of the past week's um, topics. Week one uh, is our devotion to follow Jesus. So we say, be one, be a disciple. It's a, the text is from Matthew chapter 4, when the Lord Jesus initiated uh, the, uh, the, the relationship with Matthew and says, come follow me. Or uh, rather with Peter, initiated the, the relationship with Peter, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we know that discipleship really is also initiated by the Lord. An invitation for us to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Week two uh, uh, Pastor Ariel preached on make one. This is our mission to fish for men. And he preached on John chapter 15, uh, where the Lord Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we are called to abide and made to abound in fruitfulness because we know that this is the Father's glory that we bear much fruit. When we go out there and share the love of Jesus, when we go out there and share the wonderful, uh, the beautiful, the, the good news of the gospel to the people around us. And so we are called to abound, are called to abide and made to abound. Week three is this Sunday and we'll be talking about walk with one. This is our communion to, uh, to fellowship with one another, to fellowship with others. And this uh, particular preaching will be talking about of, um, of us having fellowship with one another. What is the mandate? What is God's call? What is God's instruction and encouragement for every one of us this afternoon as we fellowship with each other? Join me now as we turn to our... Uh, main text. So if you have your Bibles, just open, up, open it up in John chapter 13, and we'll be reading from verse 34 to 35. So just two verses. If you are already there, uh, please stand up just for us to give reverence to the Word of God. <clears throat> and we'll all be reading John chapter 13, verse 34 
to 35. It is the Lord Jesus speaking here, and he says this in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you, love, if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this time that we have together. Thank you, Lord God, for your word and your encouragement. Lord, we pray that our hearts will continue to receive and, and hear your words, Lord. And Lord, we give you praise because, Lord, we know that you are with us. So, Lord, stir up the love that we have for you and for each other. Bless the preaching of your word and all for the glory and honor of your name. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's all take our seats. We come in to the kind of like the end parts of John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. When the Lord Jesus says, "Love a new commandment I give to you, love one another. But for us to really understand the context and the tone of this chapter, it's important for us to read the beginning of the chapter. What's going on over at the beginning of John chapter 13? So let's open up to verse 1. And this is verse 1 of John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I want to highlight some phrases here. First, come to depart. He had known that this is what's happening in the heart of Jesus at the beginning of the chapter. Jesus knew that his time is short here on earth. Jesus knew that he's about to leave the world, that, that he's about to um, fulfill his ultimate mission to die on the cross. It is this time that he, he knows that his time with his disciples are really limited. It's limited. And he's saying... Um, he, is, he loved his own. These are his disciples. So he's loving his disciples and saying, these are my people. These are the people, his disciples, who left everything to follow Jesus. And the word of God says, he loved them to the end. That means he loved them extremely. He loved them to the completeness of everything. He has loved his disciples completely. And this is what's going in the heart of Jesus right now. He's about to leave. He knows his time has come. And he's with his disciples, and his heart is moved. And because of his expression of love, he knows his time is very short. He started, verse 5, to pour water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and, and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around them. He began to wash feet, uh, 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 feet washing. He, 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 he began to serve his disciples. And you know the account when you read it, Jesus humbled himself, started to pour water and will begin to wash the feet of the disciples. Peter says, Lord, you are not to wash my feet because you are my Lord, you are my teacher and it's not right for you to wash my feet. 
Maybe I should wash your feet, but not you to wash my feet. And Jesus said to Peter, If I do not wash your feet, you can take no part of me. You see, Jesus was imparting something to his disciples before he goes. Little do the disciples know that after this few minutes or few hours from now, they wouldn't have an opportunity to fellowship with Jesus anymore. Jesus washed their feet. Jesus served them. It's a special manifestation of his love. He served. He humbled himself. He imparted something to the disciples. Let's read on. Verse 12. When he had finished, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, he resumed his place on the table. And he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you all that wash one, uh, one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. He set an example. The reason for washing the feet is to show example that Jesus is, is about to serve people. He humbled himself. If Jesus, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, humbled himself, he is imparting, not just teaching, he is imparting to his disciples that his disciples should also humble themselves with one another. I'll ask the question again. How many disciples do we have here this afternoon? And Jesus is reminding us, as he washed the feet of the disciples, as he humbled himself, the disciples are also to humble themselves with one another. But it did not end there. It's not just the washing of the feet. Right after the washing of the feet, they are having the last supper. After the washing of the feet, I like this, um, uh, this, this picture here because in this uh, uh, picture of the last supper, we see the basin and we see the, 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 the vessel for water. So washing of the feet and also the breaking of bread. Imagine with me, if you were there, if we were there, it's just an ordinary day for us. We don't know anything, what's going to happen. It's just an ordinary day with Jesus. Jesus began to wash our feet. Now, He did not do that before for, or, or for anybody else, but just for us. Just for you and for me, He washed our feet. Right after washing our feet, we go to the Last Supper, and He says, He took the bread after giving thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body broken for you. And then he took the cup and says, This is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That's all in one breath, one chapter, one day. They're all together. At this time, in this stone, now Jesus says, Love one another love one another i'm about to go you won't see me you won't have fellowship with me after this the roman soldiers will be getting me and i'll be crucified of course the disciples don't know that but jesus knew that but this is what's in his heart i washed your feet i broke bread my body broken for you my blood shed for you and now I am saying, Jesus is saying, love one another. 
It's not a suggestion. And it's not just an advice. It is a commandment. Let's read verse 34. A new commandment. Can you say with me, commandment? A new commandment He gave to who? To His disciples. He did not give this commandment to the world. He did not give this commandment to the crowd. He did not give this commandment to the Pharisees. He gave this commandment to His disciples. To His disciples, He says, A new commandment I give to you. Can you look at the person beside you? Smile and say, you. That's us, right? Disciples of Jesus. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Wow. And now, as we study this, in our hearts, there's a little pushback. Because we know it's easy to love God, easier to love God. Why? Because He first loved us. The, the Lord is good to us. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is our healer, deliverer, provider, savior. He has taught our hearts to love and we can respond and love God in return. It's quote-unquote easier to love God. It's a whole different story to love people. Amen? Our God is perfect. Our God is perfectly loving. His love endures forever. We can't find fault in God. But we do find fault in men. And it's so hard to love others. It's so hard. God is perfect. People are imperfect, flawed in many different ways. Relationships are messy. Each disciple, each person, nobody's perfect, right? We are all a work in progress. There are some things that need to be developed, fixed, addressed in our hearts. Our attitudes, our minds, the way we act or react to certain things. Tama puba. Yes, that's all of us. That's all of us even being disciples. We are a work in progress. This person is imperfect because only God is perfect. This person is imperfect. This person is flawed. This person is offensive because he is flawed. He's offensive. He can be offensive. This person is hurtful. This person is prideful. This person is selfish. This person is a sinner saved by faith, uh, saved by grace, but a sinner. This person is a disciple. This person goes to church. This person <laughs> is sitting beside you. But wait, there's more. This person goes up on stage and gets to preach from time to time. This person is me too. This person is us. But this person loves people. This person supports the ministry just like you. This person serves God just like you. This person loves God just like you. 
this person is loved by God just like you. This person is on a journey to follow Jesus, fish for men, fellowship with others, just like us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, the Apostle Paul writes and he says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. Why? Because nobody is perfect. Everybody's flawed in some area or another. Just as God is loving and merciful to us, His people, His disciples, He is saying to us to also be patient and loving to others. Bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain unity in the Spirit, in the bond of peace. 1 John 4, verse 19 to 20. We say we love God and we love worshiping the Lord and we love serving the Lord and we, like, we love coming to church and, and just being with God's people. Verse 19 says, We love because He first loved us. The Lord taught us how to love. This is what love is. And so we understand this kind of love. Verse 20, If, say with me, if, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So we need to be careful. Do I hate a brother? Do I hate somebody? What's going on in our hearts when the command of the Lord is to love, not to hate. Love one another. Why is it sometimes hard to love one another? Why is it hard? Well, I said sometimes, just to make it more milder. Why is it sometimes hard to love one another? Well, number one, I think because all of us, we have our own preferences. Some people we like, some people we don't like. This we like, this we don't. Yes? And uh, some people would have conversations because there's a lot of common things and you draw to, you draw, uh, uh, to each other. And yeah, you love some, some people and you, you fellowship with some people, but not everybody. Some people are close to your hearts, some are not. We, don't, we all have preferences. May mga pet peeves din tayo. Another thing is, it's because of offenses and hurts. When we are with imperfect people, when we are together who, with people who are also flawed, it's easy to get hurt. It's easy to be offended. Simply because nobody's perfect. That's why relationships can be messy. If we are with people, we will be offended. If you go to church, 
I tell you, you will be offended. You are with people. You want to serve in the ministry? Naku, lalo na. You can be offended. What to do with the offense? What to do with the pain and with the hurt? How do we navigate around that? We live in an imperfect world and we can't satisfy everybody. What to do? Well, we are to learn. We are to learn how to forgive. How to forgive and not keep the hurt, not keep the offense. Because if we are offended, the good that we are able to extend to others, we withhold. If we are offended, our, our emotions are damaged and we are hurting, we can't extend the love to others. We'd rather avoid some people. We'd rather not talk about certain things. Yes? Yes? Yeah. It hinders the love in the church. It hinders the fellowship in the church because of the offense. How to handle the offense? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, it says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, disciples, followers of Jesus, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, if one has a complaint, yes, if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Say with me, must, must forgive. We must learn to forgive. We must learn to surrender our pains and our heartaches and our the offenses. Verse 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Have you struggled with offenses? That's everybody, you know? have been offended. Somebody said something, you are misunderstood, or things did not go well, and uh, it's just not good, and you know that it's their fault, not yours, right? It's somebody else's fault, not ours. The Lord Jesus teaches us to forgive so that we may love, so that the fellowship may be strengthened. You see, the offense is really a, a scheme of the enemy so that the fellowship of the brethren, the fellowship of the disciples, the unity in the church would be broken simply because of an offense. In his book, uh, Pastor John Bevere, uh, his book, The Bait of Satan, he says, a man or a woman who does not forgive has forgotten the price that Christ paid for them on the cross. Let me repeat that. A man or a woman who doesn't forgive has forgotten the price that Christ paid for them on the cross. How can a forgiven not forgive? How can someone who's forgiven not forgive? Offenses will happen. 
frustrations, disappointments. It will happen. We are to forgive. John chapter 13, again, our main verse, verse 4, uh, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Say with me, new. New commandment. You see, the newness, quote-unquote, the newness of this commandment is not on the love one another. The love one another was a command even in the Old Testament. That's why in the Ten Commandments, six out of ten talks about a commandment referring to our relationship with fellow man. Commandment number five, honor your father and mother that you, that you may live well. Commandment number six, do not murder. Seven, do not commit adultery. Eight, do not steal. Nine, do not bear false witness. Ten, do not covet. These are relational commandments. Six out of ten. So it's, we can say that it's also very important to God on how we relate with one another. Love one another is not new. What is new in this new commandment is this, just as I have loved you. Just as how Jesus loved us. Jesus loved sacrificially. He loved sacrificially that He even gave His life for you and for me. He gave His life for His disciples. His love was intentional, deliberate, and with effort. I say effort, I just add that. Because it's so hard to love somebody that you don't like. You don't really like, but you have to love. You have to put in some muscles there and make a decision, I will love. Despite and in spite of, I will love. Because I am love, despite and in spite of who I am. Amen. We are love just as I have loved you. Can you look at the person beside you again? Say you. Just as Jesus has loved us in spite of who we are, in spite of what we've done, in spite of the many, 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 many shortcomings, Jesus still loves us. This now becomes the standard. The new command, the standard of the new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. Are you loved by Jesus? Have you been forgiven by Jesus? Does the Lord extend grace and mercy to you every morning, right? And that is where we draw the love so that we can love one another. John chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus says, No greater love is there than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. No greater love. You want to see great love. You want to see this divine, unconditional love, eternal, never-ending love. You want to see a picture of that? That picture is shown on the cross of Jesus. Where the love of God, the unconditional love of God was fully expressed, fully manifested on the cross. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is from this that the Lord says, love 
one another. If we look at that verse, just as I have loved you, Jesus gave his life, Jesus sacrificed himself, Jesus took the hurt, took the blame. If you look at that, maybe there's a little pushback in your hearts or in our hearts. Ang hirap nito, Lord. Hindi ko kaya to. It's impossible for me to do this. It's impossible. But where do we find the strength? Again, we look at the cross. Upon the cross, the greatest, Jesus took the greatest offense. He was mocked, he was ridiculed, he was tortured. They pulled his beard, they gave him a crown of thorns. He did nothing. He did not open his mouth. And upon that cross, on top of it, it says, King of the Jews. They mocked him. King of the Jews. Rescue, your, rescue yourself. Go down of that cross. The hurt, the pain. But while Jesus was still on the cross, He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. While He was still on the cross, no one asking for forgiveness, no one apologizing, no one saying, Lord, sorry. Nobody saying that. He already said, Father, Forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Jesus showed the way. He laid down His life. If our Lord and teacher, just like we read, John chapter 13, verse 1, washed our feet, humbled Himself to the disciples, how much more are we? How can a forgiven not forgive? To forgive is a decision and not just an emotion. It is a choice. A choice to release forgiveness knowing that you have been forgiven. It's a choice. It's a choice to let go of the hurt to let go of the offense. You know if you are struggling with offense. There are some people you don't talk to. There are some people that you avoid. There are some topics you don't want to discuss. Wag lang yan, okay lang yan. Wag, wag, usap tayo pero wag lang yung topic na yan, ha? Tsaka wag mong babanggitin yung pangalan na yan dito. And you're in church. Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're okay. Wag lang kami magkita. Yeah, we're okay. I just don't want to see this person. Then you know you're struggling with an offense. Then you know your love is not flowing. Then we know that it's a struggle of the command, love one another. There's something in the heart. If the emotions are damaged, the heart is hurt, we couldn't extend the love. And the Lord is saying, love one another. Forgive so that our hearts may be healed. You know, if you struggle with offense, with an offense, you have this Betamax tape that's rolling. Imagine there's a scene there, you and your offender. And in that video that's playing in your head, you're the one that's the good guy and the offender is the bad guy. You have those things? Okay, don't raise your hands. 
You have a script that's ready to go out there. Pag ito sinabi niya, ito sasabihin ko. Yes, you have that. People are smiling. Yes, you have that. Why do I know? Why do I know? Because I experienced that as well. I experienced that as well. What to do, Lord? I don't want to carry this offense. I don't want to have a hard heart. I don't want to carry this bitterness and anger. What do I do? I can't sweep this under the rug and it will disappear. The Lord says, forgive. I remember that time I received an express, uh, impression from the Lord. You pray. Go pray. Yes. Pray. Ask for forgiveness. Lord, ako mag-aas ng forgiveness? Ikasalanan eh, niya eh. Forgiveness because holding bitterness and anger is a sin against God. So I had to ask for forgiveness from the Lord. Lord, yes, yeah. I have sinned before you. I have sinned because I'm holding on to these things. And then the Lord says, release forgiveness to this person who has offended you. So, oh, that's so hard. And you would imagine if the, when the Lord says, pray for those who uh, offended you. And then you would imagine that my prayer really was very, 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 very short. Very short. And then the Lord says, bless those who hurt you. Oh, that's a struggle. That's really hard. That's really hard. You start to release the blessing. Lord, give me the grace. As you have forgiven me, teach my heart to forgive. So I begin to pray. One second prayer lang. No, no, no. Half a second prayer. <laughs> then again, five seconds, ten seconds. And then I started to pray. I have to repeat that again, Lord. Yes, repeat that again tomorrow. Do that again tomorrow. And do that again tomorrow. Do that again tomorrow. Until the offense is released in your heart. And as we do that, there's a healing in the heart. And then the love and the fellowship will begin to flow again. And we begin to learn again how to love one another. In that particular instance, when you took the offense, when you asked for forgiveness, and when you released the blessing, you kind of died to yourself, right? You died to yourself. If you had your way, you'll have your revenge. But you died to that. You picked up your cross and you followed the Lord in obedience saying, yes, Lord, have your way. I bless my offender. I release forgiveness. And Lord, let healing come upon the relationship. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.